Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Mike from CrossFit Palm Bay. What's going on, Mike? How are we doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Emily. Absolutely. Uh, We're excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you want to start CrossFit Palm Bay in the first place. Oh, wow. Where do I start with this? All right. So um, I started law enforcement uh, 20 years ago. Um, I got hurt a few years ago um, and started to gain a lot of weight. started back at the gym. I, uh, I used to ride by every, on my way back to work, I used to ride by this gym right outside of 95. You could see it right from the road. And I was like, what are those people doing? Right? They're, that, 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 it looks dumb. I can't believe it, it looks stupid, right? <laughs> so one day I got the courage up and I, uh, I signed up for a free class. The day before I was supposed to go, I called and canceled. And it ate at me and ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. So finally, I signed up for the next class on the next Saturday. Um, I've been there almost every single day for the last four years. Um, It immediately gave me what I needed. Um, And at that time, I was uh, just recovering from an injury. Um, It gave me the, the family and the 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 exercise and it lowered my blood sugar and I lost weight and I felt good. So me and the owner became friends and Howard said to me one day, he's like, Hey, look, um, I'm thinking about selling a place. And I'm like, dude, whatever, just whatever. Let's put the workout on the board and we'll get going. And he's like, no, I'm serious. And I'm like, whatever, dude. And I ignored him. Um, it went on for a little bit. Um, he approached me again. He's like, Hey, look, I'm thinking about selling the place, you know? Um, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, no, just, just shut up, do your work. Right. Uh, the next thing, you know, I'm signing the paperwork. Uh, we took over the gym. It'll be two years ago, uh, this April. Um, I'm, look, I'm not young anymore. Um, I'm at the end of my law enforcement career. Uh, I can't run and gun and, and, and jump fences like I used to. So I, I, the gym, this CrossFit, it gave me something to give back. All right. We have some of the lowest uh, costs um, of other CrossFit gyms around. Um, we get hell, just a lot of discounts for law enforcement, first responders, fire. Um, and that's just my way of kind of giving back uh, since I can't go out there and, and play the young man's game anymore. Um, but I dearly, dearly love this 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 gym, uh, the people who are in it, uh, what it stands for, and I will do whatever I can here to uh, make sure it stays around. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, we're, we're not obviously meeting in person, but I can definitely feel uh, how much you care about it virtually. So I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. So 
that being said, tell us a little about like the services that you offer your members. All right, so we offer the traditional CrossFit. Um, we are completely unlimited. Uh, there are some you know, gyms, boxes out there that you can only come on Tuesday if you're wearing a blue shirt, if your next door neighbor has a pickup truck. Um, we understand that people have jobs, people have normal lives, they have children. Um, they might not be able to make it, you know, only two days a week. Um, they, so we offer is basically as long as we're open there's a class going you're all you're you're welcome to come in and, and do the classes uh, we also offer uh olympic lifting uh weight lifting uh we had this I, and i don't even have a name for it yet it's a tactical program um it kind of revolves around uh first responders and the stuff they deal with on a normal daily basis uh dragging heavy equipment you know pushing cars around the building. Um, it just keeps going on and on and on. Um, we just started aerial classes. So basically the easiest way I can kind of explain that is yoga in the sky, um, hula hoops and curtains and silks. Um, it is actually one hell of a workout. Um, I look a little goofy doing it, so I'm not even going to do it. But what I hear, it's awesome. Um, we also uh, offer nutrition. Uh, we're actually getting ready to start that up here, uh, Nutrition Coaching. Um, actually, my wife, Jessica, who uh, couldn't be with us today because she's sick, um, is leading that up. Um, we're actually going to be starting that here soon. Um, I'm actually looking forward to um, offering some more classes, uh, yoga, um, you know, clinics, um, whatever the people are kind of asking for, whatever's in need, that's, I, I'm really looking to uh, expand upon that. Okay, good stuff, man. Sounds like you guys have a, a vast variety of services to offer your members already. Yes, yes. So I, I do want to backtrack just a little bit, and we were talking about this a little bit like pre-interview, um, but you, like you grew up in a family of business owners, yes. right? But like you, did you have like a business background prior to buying the gym? Absolutely not. Um, like I stated, I've been in law enforcement for 20 years and that's all I know. Right. Uh, but being around uh, my family over the years, owning businesses, it, it gave me a, a really, really good idea. Um, but I also, we had members at the gym who are in business or in marketing that I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this logo? What do you think about, you know, they, that's what I like about the CrossFit community. It's, we're all one, we're all in here to, to do the same purpose. Um, and I actually get a lot of feedback and uh, tips from my members as well. Yeah. So my question for you is, you've been in owning your own business for how many years again? All right, it will be two years this April. Okay, two years coming up approaching really, really quickly what would you say if i could limit you to two skills although there are many more <laughs> the two most important skills to running and growing a business if you had to live by those two skills for the rest of your business career what would those two skills be for for me personally keeping an open mind and being patient um things aren't going to happen overnight 
and you never know you might start to the wind might blow you in this one direction you need to be open-minded you need to be flexible enough to be hey that might not work out maybe we need to switch over to something else um because of having a day job um i i'm willing to take chances a little bit of chances here with the gym um meaning that i I, I'm willing to dump all the money and, and all the time and everything that I can into this business and start not take it out of my uh, money that is needed to support the family. I guess if that makes sense. Um, so I'm willing to take chances. I'm willing to. I'm willing to have an open mind and, and not try to fit our particular gym into one little tiny little box and say, Oh, we can only do this or we can only do that, or we can only do this. Um, I honestly think a lot of gym owners are scared to kind of look outside the box a little bit um, and think of new ways to keep it fun, I guess. Um, but Patience, 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 patience. And I have a major problem with this and I have to sometimes take a step back and, and really take a look and prioritize things um, because it will, not, it will eat you completely. There are so many things that you could possibly be doing. You know, there's always something to fix. Um, but if you don't prioritize and, and be patient, it will eat you. It, yeah. will, it will really eat you. Yeah. And ask for help. If you need help, ask your coaches, ask somebody, do not try to do this alone. This is, it, it will wear you down. That was a good point there. So patience and I don't know, did you say the second one? Um, having an open mind, being open-minded, yeah. being willing to step outside the box a little bit and sometimes way outside the box. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So patience and then being open-minded. Yes. Um, so with that being said, let's talk a little bit about marketing and how you guys have been getting people in the door. So if you could just kind of give us like a overview of some of the things that, that have worked well and some of the things that have not worked as well as you thought they would. All right. So for the longest time, we were using the whole word of mouth, right? It was, it was working good. It was working fine. Um, and Hold then on, I... Question. Let me interrupt. Before you move on to the next point. So in your mind, like... What does that actually mean? Because that's so, I guess, subjective and depends so, on the person. Right. So we didn't do a whole lot of advertising. I mean, you would never see a billboard. You would never see a whole lot of stuff on social media. Um, it was basically, you know, where we're located, we're literally right beside 95. You can see us. You look over to the right, there we are. All right. So that was one of the ways we used it was because we were visible, but the other was once we got people in the door and they noticed that this was a very tight knit community. Um, our coaches were awesome. They would tell their friends, Hey, stop by CrossFit Bombay. And it was working for a while. Um, and then I found TikTok <laughs> and other social media. Um, I can definitely tell when I put content up on social media um, we definitely get a lot of interest uh, very quickly. Um, 
website updates, uh, blogs, um, anything we can at this point to get our name out there. Uh, we completely revamped the whole entire uh, gym decor. Uh, everything is like spray painted, uh, up done up in graffiti and an astronaut holding bars, barbells over its head. Um, and that right now has just exploded to the point where it, it this this our wall, our mural, our graffiti is everywhere at this point. It, it's out there. Uh, people are stopping by to take pictures in front of it. Um, so staying visible at this point, uh, staying on top of uh, the so on social media um, has really, really, really made a difference. Okay. So with the social media, because there are so many platforms out there, what, so are you on TikTok like consistently? Uh, at least a few times a week, yes. Okay. And then are there any other platforms that you are leveraging? All right. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, um, YouTube, uh, WhatsApp. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I put on there. Um, I, I try to, you know, take the videos of what's going on in the gym. Um, I'm not taking pictures of just, you know, the people, I, uh, the, the big buff guys and all that. No, it's, it's, CrossFit's not like that. CrossFit is normal people doing this stuff. And, and I, I try very, very hard to let it very, knowing that this is a very, very inclusive gym. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's fitness welcome. Levels welcome. We, we don't care. Just come. All right. I, I'm, even if people are just coming to hang out, I'm so, I, I'm happy with that. You know, I like seeing people in the gym, whether they're working out or they're just hanging out or talking or whatever. Um, that, that's, that makes me feel good. You know, I, I love seeing people in the gym. Uh, I, I love seeing a packed gym. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say I were, I see one of your social media posts on Instagram or TikTok and I started to like engage, maybe a like or a comment here and there. How does that, how was I, what's the process behind creating paying members from social media? And is this like, is this organic or are you using paid advertising? No, no, this is completely organic. Um, a lot of my members uh, will share our videos or share our, our social media, and it's 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 going to their friends, going to their families. Um, I'm not paying any advertisement whatsoever on any social media. Mm -hmm. um, so they, it just it it's a domino effect. All right, so other people. Uh, of the family members that are seeing it and they're coming in, hey, I want to try it out. They see normal people doing extraordinary things. They're like, hey, I want to give it a try. Um, they give it a try. Next thing you know, we, we have them drink the Kool-Aid. You know, they're ours now um, and they're CrossFit, CrossFitters for life. Um, so. Okay, okay. So you have, you still have like a full-time job right now. I do. For the people and you're managing like your gym as well. So for the people listening that are still working full-time right now, like what would you say are the most important tasks that you do on a day, daily basis to move your business forward? Um, as far as, as my business, it's uh, programming. I, I really, the very first thing I do in the morning, 
uh, as I get up and I program the workouts for the day. Um, the hardest part about that is having a plan for the future of what I want to do later on in the week. But then again, um, what I've already done. So then nothing is repeated. Um, it's extremely hard, but again, kind of keep an open mind. All right. I might actually get to the gym and that very first person that walks in the door, um, look like they might be, you know, beaten down or they're, you know, they're hurting from the day before. At that point, I may have to alter my, my program, uh, to adjust. So slow it down a little bit. Maybe not as hard, but then again, in reverse, if he comes in the next door, uh, next day and he's bouncing around, maybe I need to up the game a little bit. Um, so also asking for help if you need it. If you need help, please do yourself a favor and, and get some help from somebody. Um, if it's as it, simple as taking out the trash, it's one last thing. Uh, one last fire that you have to put out. Um, keeping on track, uh, keeping on top of the, um, you know, the insurances and the, um, you know, making sure nobody gets hurt. Um, just putting things like that in place. It's, it's very, very, very tasking. Um, ordering supplies, paper towels, toilet paper, um, just little things that people don't really think about. Mm -hmm. Um, when you have a whole bunch of other stuff piled on top of you, um, it makes it really, really, really hard. Yeah. So what systems have you put in place to kind of keep things organized and help you to keep track of everything? My wife. So um, she, uh, she handles a lot of the scheduling, um, handle, handles the finances, which allows me to concentrate on the programming and the logistics and how things are actually going to roll within the gym. Um, calendars work wonders for everything. Um, we have a huge desk calendar, uh, that we have hanging on the wall at the gym and literally it's, we, we put notes on this thing. Uh, Hey, such as I was coming in this day, we need to do this. Um, so calendars, there's notes everywhere. Um, but thankfully, uh, my wife, she, um, she's, she's able to keep track of everything. And if it wasn't for her, I, I would be, uh, it would be a mess. I, I can't imagine what the, uh, the finances and the scheduling would be like without her. Yeah. So I think, uh, I've run across a lot of gym owners who don't necessarily understand the importance of keeping track of your numbers and also having like systems around that. Yes. Uh, having a good support system around you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the future and what's in store for 2023. But before you answer this question, um, with what you're doing now at the gym on a day-to-day -day basis, like your role in your business, would you like to at all see that change? Well, this is one of these topics that I'm kind of on the fence about. Um, as of right now, um, I do a lot of the coaching. Um, throughout today um, on one hand I would like to be able to kind of take a step back on the other hand I would like to keep it going I like to ramp it up a little bit more 
Um, but it's very, very hard having a day job uh, and be able to juggle all of that. Um, I definitely would like to add some more classes. I would like to, you know, possibly go all day long. As of right now, we, we're only open a couple hours in the morning. We close down and then we open back up in the evening. Um, I, I really would like to be open all day long, um, possibly on the weekends on, on Sunday. Um, we kind of believe that, you know, not everybody has a normal schedule. Um, and the weekends may be the only time that somebody can actually come in and work out. Um, so I would like to make the gym available um, to everybody. Again, inclusive. Um, to help those people out who just can't make it in during the week or they, you know, they got daycare issues or they work or, you know, they got medical issues, whatever. Um, if they're able to come in on the weekends, you know, uh, that's what I, I would really like to do that. Okay. So when you say like open, be open for more hours of the day and during the week, do you mean like having like an open gym, like people can come in and kind of work out on their own or still have everything be led by coaches? I kind of believe everything needs to be led by coaches. Um, okay. But that's, I, I, I kind of feel, um, I mean, we may have some new people who come in and are like, I'm not quite sure how to do this. And the last thing I want to happen is somebody to get hurt uh, mm -hmm. or hurt somebody else by not knowing to do. Sometimes people's egos will not allow them to, you know, ask questions. But if there's a coach there, um, I kind of feel that I will definitely uh, lessen the chances of something happening. Um, and CrossFit, there's times that you might not be able to do the prescribed movement, but you may be able to scale it down. You might not know how to scale it down. Uh, so having a coach there, uh, they can help you out with scaling and maybe other options or a different movement that will still basically get the job done. Gotcha. Okay. So now let's talk about the future. Um, how would, where would you like to see like things go from here in terms of like growth of your business? <laughs> I would really like to see CrossFit Palm Bay outgrow the facility that we're in. And grow to a point where we need a second location. I would love to have a second location, mm -hmm. uh, a newer location uh, that revolves around, you know, different classes or, or, you know, having normal gym equipment and, you know, being in a controlled environment. Um, I, I, that is my goal. Um, I don't see it being in my first year goal. Um, I'm hoping in my five-year plan um, that this is something that can happen. Um, but growing the business, growing it, growing the membership, offering more classes, uh, offering more services, uh, yoga, uh, massage therapy, uh, having a, a PT specialist on, on, on site. Um, that is the goals that I'm shooting for. I want the, I want CrossFit Palm Bay to be a one-stop shop. Yeah, that's out. That, that, you took the word like right out of my mouth. PT, massage therapy, um, and everything else that you listed off definitely sounds like 
where else would they need to go? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so it's almost a good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we sign out, give our listeners a little piece of advice that you wish you would have had before you decided to open your gym. Wow. Um, wow, that's actually a hard question. I, I guess listen, listen to what your coaches, your family members, your members are saying. Um, and, and I keep going back to the help. Um, you're not going to be able to do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to take on all that stuff and do it yourself. You're going to find yourself starting fires just to start fires, just so you can put them out. If somebody's willing to help, if somebody's willing to take out the trash, if somebody's willing to, you know, stock the coolers or, you know, wipe down bars or whatever, take it, take it while you can. Um, keep become very familiar with your craft. All right. Learn everything you possibly can learn about it. Um, if you don't use it, that's fine, but you'll always have something to fall back on, but learn it, learn it, learn it, learn the ins, the outs, the lefts, the rights, the ups and downs, anything possible about it. Just continuous learning, continuous moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, before we officially sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, you can find us at CrossFitPombay.com. You can look us up on TikTok, which is my favorite, uh, CrossFit Pombay. Um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, we're here. Um, come look us up on the, um, on, on the uh, World Wide Web. Um, and uh, come check us out if you're in town. Uh, we do drop-ins, and we will uh, – we're, we're, happy to have you all righty mike thank you so much we really appreciate your uh appreciate your time and contributions to the podcast and absolutely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road so to everybody who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button and if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time jim lords Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chop, And today with me, I have a very special guest. His name is Sean, and he's with Science Athletics over in Burnaby, Canada. Sean, how are you? I'm good now, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm super excited to kind of get into the 
the nitty and the gritty and, you know, the passion behind, you know, what you're doing. No, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to kick it off to our listeners and kind of just open it up for you to, you know, explain a little bit about yourself, your background, you know, your vision of why you're in this industry and how it all transpired. So um, basically, uh, I grew up in Ireland. Um, I played a lot of sports growing up, mainly our kind of indigenous sports, Gaelic football, hurling, and I played rugby to a quite a high level as well. Um, as I went into university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I had a really big interest in sport. Um, and I seen a, a degree program, sport and exercise science. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll do that. And as I went to university, I was lucky enough to get into a rugby academy while I was there. So I got to play kind of semi-professional rugby while I was there. And as I went through the program, it was very interesting that as I would train, say at like 6.30 in the morning and train throughout the week, I could see the aspects of what I was then learning later in the day in my course actually come to fruition through my training and through the coaching that I was receiving. So fairly quickly, I, I, I got caught by, by everything sports science. I loved the, the research behind it. I love the, the kind of technology and the physics, the physiology, everything kind of really appealed to me. So after college, I stayed on, I done a master's in sport performance and I hung around in Ireland for a couple of years working for some rugby teams, getting football teams, but there was never really enough um, full-time work to really build a career. So I kind of looked at Farfield and uh, I came across a place here in Burnaby called Fortier Sport and Health. And Fortius was an unfortunate pose now, which is kind of where science athletics actually came from, but they were an integrated health, wellness, and athlete development facility. They had probably close on maybe 200 to 250 employees, and it was kind of your one-stop shop for everything health, wellness, and sport. So you had everything from strength conditioning coaches, physiotherapists, biomechanists, physiologists, sport medicine, chiropractic, sport vision, you name it, and it was all under the one roof. Um, over COVID, unfortunately, they had to close down. They were closed for about six months. And then after as we we're kind of coming out of COVID, they weren't able to get out of the hole that they were in. And they ended up letting us know that they were closing around kind of mid-November of 2020, so kind of right in the middle of, uh, of COVID. So they gave us six weeks notice that, uh, that we were all losing our jobs. And yeah, for the first day or two, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And honestly, the business came about with an awful lot of luck. Um, I rang some of my clients. I said, look, I hope you'll continue to work with me. And one of them said, Sean, you know what? I have space I think would be perfect for a gym. I was like, oh, okay. So I went up, I looked at the space and immediately I seen, so it's about 2000 square feet. It originally had been a rhythmic gymnastics studio. So nice high 24 foot high ceilings, had all the mirrors around. I could see one, two, three racks, big open area, room in the back for an office and room for a therapy room. So, okay, this is great. So next step then was, okay, like, how am I going to get any equipment? It's the middle of COVID. There's back orders on equipment going back months. And I just realized that, wait, the facility for PSI was in had just put a big order in for equipment. So I got onto the equipment company and I said, look, if I can secure the financing here, can I have the equipment? They're like, yes, no problem. Um, so I got onto a leasing company. I managed to secure the lease. Um, and then everything kind of begin, began to fall into place. Um, so I had a little investment from my dad, sent me over $15,000. I bought the flooring. Me and my brother put down all the flooring just before we got the equipment in. 
And in the space of six weeks, Science Aesthetics was was kind of born. Wow. That yeah. is like, very quick turnaround. The, yeah, that's like gung ho. Like we're not looking back. We're we're jumping in and we're sailing ship. Exactly. Man, that is that's like a hot story right there. That's uh, you know, elaborate a little bit more for me. I I, I love you know the 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 raw raw just like you know what like what am I gonna do and and it came to you. What was like your initial you know like you said the first couple of days you're like I don't know what I'm gonna do and then you had that ring during the time of going from employee to employer, you know, what was like, you know, maybe like your fears or your thoughts, like what, you know, kind of explain to listeners kind of like, you know, during this build out process, like what was going through your head? Um, I suppose initially the the main driver in the first two or three days, I was sitting down and I was like, oh my God, I got to make a resume. I was like, oh, I don't like blowing smoke out my, uh, my behind. Um, so I was like, oh no. And Honestly, I, I look back on, on that time and it was really energizing and exciting. In the space of six weeks, I actually lost 10 kilo in weight. I was just going, 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 going. And honestly, I didn't even look at any of the negative consequences of how this all could go bad. Um, I was just going, going, because I was still working full time in, in my previous role. So we were still employed up to the end of the year. So all of this was going on while I was still working a full time role. And then dodging off here or there, getting up early, coming up here to fit the place out, going back later in the day. So honestly, I know it, it may sound bad in terms of like investing and setting up a business, but at the time, I didn't have the time to think about how this might go wrong. It was just all go, go, go and, and push this forward. It, it almost seems like that was the the shining light because, you know, maybe that could have slowed down your speed. Like, oh, well, what, what, if, what if this happens or what if that happens? And you just- 100% just can't kept going and didn't look back. And, you know, here you are, you know, years later, you know, you're, you're up and running, uh, man, great, great story. Um, so with that being said, and obviously you talked about your, you know, your mindset a little bit, um, kind of two part question for you to all the listeners out there, kind of explain, you know, science athletics in, in a whole, like they come to you, they come to your facility, what is the expectation? Like, what are they going to get? What are the services all that you offer um, to your clientele? So where kind of science athletics came from is, again, my, my background is in sports science. So I, I describe my title as an applied sports scientist. Um, and what I would have done in my previous role is I was kind of the glue in between all these different professions. So, you know, you can go to your strength coach and tell you, you need to get stronger. You go to a physio. Oh yeah. Your glutes aren't firing. Um, you go to a chiro. Oh yeah. Your back is stiff. Um, you know, Oh, I play this sport. I think I need to get fast. And, and part of my role was to bring people in to go through a thorough biomechanical physiological assessment and begin to say, okay, I hear what you're saying, what you're saying and what you're saying. However, for this person, given their history, given their sport, given their occupation, given their injuries, this is where we can really be effective, how we can inform our programming, be targeted and actionable, and actually track what we're doing. Um, so it's a very scientific process, and, and that's kind of where kind of science athletics um, came about. So when people come into us, um, we'll sit down with them, we'll get a really good understanding of, of where their background is. It could be your, your general population client. It could be a youth athlete. It could be a professional athlete. But 
what we're really trying to do is to bring the science, the technology, the expertise and that integrated model of high level sport performance and make that accessible to the general public. And when we, we build our, our services the way we might speak about in a minute in our packages, we're able to do this at a price that's no more expensive than your average personal trainer down the road working in fitness world, working in uh, your normal public gym. So really, really touching in on like the scientific piece of this combining like those different professions, like you said, the chiro, the, the physio, the, you know, like, oh, like you need to rehab this or you need to crack this and, you know, strengthen this. And you're kind of like the one-stop shop for, you know, everything through, you know, uh, applied science and education. Exactly. Yeah. And, but part of that as well is, you know, we, we can quantify everything that we're looking at. So you know, we can say, okay, you need to work on X and Y. We'll inform and be actionable in our programming to, to fix this. But, you know, if we get three weeks into our program and we put you up in our four space and we say, this isn't moving in the direction that we, we expect. We got to readdress our programming here. Our programming is not being effective in, in how we wanted to, to change whatever metrics we're interested in with this client. And then it's a, a self-educating process for us as practitioners to know, that, okay, we need to readdress, we need to reassess what's going on here and reprogram for this client rather than getting six months down the road doing the same thing and been like, oh no, uh, we haven't got where we need to. And then your client is is half to it as well. You know, they're like, no, this isn't going the way I expected it to go. And they're either going to go somewhere else or they're going to pull you up in it. And it ends up being very difficult conversations in, in losing a client or, or having to answer why your programming isn't getting them to the, the place that they want to be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like reassess and reapply. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I, me personally, I'm a huge, huge believer in that because if you can teach people exactly how they're moving and the way they should move and the way that their body isn't moving. And then you kind of like connect the dots. And it's like, you know, look, like you're going to be this much better, or you're going to feel this much pain relief. If you're, you know, doing these things to help your body. Exactly. That's great. Uh, so again, back to like the services. So exactly what services, you know, group training, PT training, um, nutritional counseling, things like that, kind of like uh, explaining you know, everything that's offered here at, at Science Athletics. Um, so we do your your normal kind of personal training, uh, applying our, our systematic kind of process. We do strength conditioning. Um, so we have a lot of kind of high level aspiring young athletes. We have quite a couple of professional athletes that come back and work with us in the off season. Um, as you mentioned, we have physiotherapy, chiropractic, that again is blended into our PT and our, our SNC services. We offer some small group training um, and youth sport training where say for youth athletes, we apply a long-term athlete development model um, and we kind of group kids by their developmental age uh, and plan the program based on that. Um, with our small group training, we cap it at six per class. And again, like our, our kind of system, we go through a full combine of assessment with each group of six at the start of a 12-week program. And from that assessment, that combine with that group, we'll actually develop the program specific for the group that's in front of us for that 12 weeks. Um, a few other things, that, that would be the main core of our business. Um, we do then have some kind of offshoots that would be outside of the four walls of, of our gym here. Um, we do uh, a lot of sports science consultancy. So we do some work with a lot of national, provincial organizations and sporting bodies. 
Um, and we actually work in a fairly niche area of airfield firefighting as well. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Getting, uh, you know, some of the, the local heroes in there and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a lot of um, their kind of yearly medical testing, VO2 max testing, things like that. Yeah. So you, got, you guys are kind of like a, you know, a, a pretty decent operation here. Yeah, yeah, we're we're growing all the time. We're we're just starting our third year now, um, and we're we're growing year on year. Um, the way I kind of describe it to people sometimes, if if anybody ever watched the the show The Wire back in the day, Clay Davis, he turns to Stringer Bell and he goes, "Crawl, walk, run." Um, our first two years, we were kind of going from all to walk phase, and we're just kind of moving into our kind of walk run phase right now. Yeah, and then you know from there, it's like you know, sky's the limit. Exactly. That's so cool. Um, so, you know, you mentioned group training, you know, one-on-one, you have like the, the physio and the chiro aspect all kind of wrapped in and built into it. The, the, the typical clientele, obviously you guys have athletes you mentioned. Um, but you know, if you had to, if somebody were to come into your facility wanting to lose, let's say, you know, let's, you know, maybe 20 to, to 40 pounds, or, you know, we'll give two scenarios. One person wants to put on, you know, 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and be more agile, you know, like what would ideally a client that want that come to you, what would their onboarding look like? Like, what would you say to them? How would their program look? So um, each client, no, no matter what their, their need is or why they're coming in the door, will we'll come in and sit down with, uh, with either myself or one of our strength conditioning coaches. From that, again, we'll go through a full history, what their, their wants and needs are, and then we'll, we'll really discuss the, the buy-in portion. We'll, we'll discuss our system and, and what we expect of the client as well. We'll go through, you know, you expect from us, but we also have expectations of you as, as a client. And, and sometimes going through that consultation process, sometimes we might say to a client, look, I don't think we're the best fit for you. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think that's just being honest and fair to the, to the person that, that's in front of us. Um, after that conversation, both will go through their assessment. So if it's yeah. are looking to lose weight, we would do something like a resting metabolic rate test where we'll actually get a, a quantitative assessment of their metabolism. So exactly. like, as we know, HIIT training ha- has been proven and, and shown to, to be quite effective in weight loss, but that isn't the case in, in every person. Um, so we'll give them dietary recommendations based on that, but we can also plan, um, you know, do they need more strength-orientated training? Do they need more cardio-orientated training? Do they need more HIIT-orientated training? And then how do we structure and periodize a program for that person um, to actually systematically lose that weight in, in a very healthy way? Uh, for the second example, um, for, say, an athlete coming in, again, looking to, to build muscle, um, again, we'll, we'll go through their eating habits, we'll go through their training regime, um, and we'll, we'll look at the research and say, okay, what it has been shown to be effective in building muscle mass? Um, there is a very big difference between functional muscle mass and um, so again, we need to make sure that we're periodizing and structuring our programming that we build muscle, but we build it in a very functional manner that can be applied in the way that they need to apply it, whether it's in their job, if they're a manual laborer, if it's in a sport uh, and so on. So it may take two, three, four cycles or, or of a periodized program to really get them to that, that end stage for, for both um, types of clients. Yeah. So it really sounds like, 
everything is customized to the T for that specific person. Like there's not one size or shape that fits all. No, exactly. Our our system is fairly structured. However, the actionables coming from it are, are extremely individualized to, to that person. Yeah, that's, that's great. So with that, you know, you obviously have been in the, you know, the industry for some time. What, you know, I like to ask this just for the listeners and, you know, for pure joy, but what success stories, you know, have you, you know, seen that really just make it all worth it to like mm-hmm. say, you know, I did this for this reason and it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have lots of examples, but one of the real ones that has stuck out to me in even, I think it was about six, seven months ago is, uh, I had a young uh, guy, only a few years younger than me, like 31, 32 years of age. He was referred to us by a, by a doctor that we work with and he'd been in chronic pain, uh, in his lower back for three, four years, had seen physio, had been going to this specialist doctor and, and had, had no success. And in that initial consultation, he actually broke down frame. Um, he told me, like, I love hiking. I, I'm not massively um, sporty anymore, but my love is to go out on the weekend to go hiking with my girlfriend, and I can't even do it without being in pain. And he, he actually broke down crying. And again, I sat down with him, kind of talked about our process, and he, he wholly bought in. And within about eight weeks, we had a noticeable difference where he was able to start cycling again. He was able to start going out on short walks again. And within about four months, we actually had him pain free. And that, like, you, you can have all these examples of, oh, I worked with this kid for years and he became a pro athlete and stuff, or I helped this person, you know, lose weight and stuff. But for me, that was one of the most satisfying moments in, in my career. We have to help this, this young guy just return to, to what he loves to do. Yeah. And I mean, and so young too, like I, uh, I wholeheartedly relate to that. You know, I've had four hip surgeries and one hip replacement and I'm 32. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, that's a way, way another story, but you know, long story short, it's like the, these younger guys and, you know, we get into so much pain and some of us are, you know, bullheaded or, you know, we don't listen or we just have an unfortunate circumstance that happens. And it's like, oh man, now my body is all messed up and you only got one body. You, you can't like take, take out and go into a new body. Like you, you got to take care. And like you said, scientifically make sure that things are moving in the direction and the function and the capacity that they should. Exactly. It's it, yeah. It, that's all worth it. You know, in the end it's, it's that, that client success that, you know, really drives you and keeps you motivated to do more. Um, so Sean, you know um, you mentioned um, how, pardon me. You mentioned, you know, square footage and everything. How many members currently are you servicing? Like, what's like that member base right now at this point in time? Um, so we don't, uh, don't do memberships per se. We do, we package all of our services. So you have, you know, your assessment, your program design and all that. So on average right now, we're doing between about 90 and 100 um, sessions per week. So 60 minute sessions. Um, outside of that, we have some clients that train with us two, three times a week. There's some clients that, We'll train with us once a week, once every two, three weeks, and they have their program on our training app and they'll train at home and they'll check in. So I'd say overall clients working with us right now, I would put between maybe 120 and 130. 120 and 130? Mm-hmm. All right. And then what was the um, current square footage of your facility? Uh, we have just over 2,000 square feet. 
not too shabby. That, that's yeah, yeah. good ratio. It's, yeah. just, it's just enough that it's still intimate enough. Uh, it's private. And, um, and one of the good things about having a small facility is a lot of our clients coming in the door, they know the other clients. You know, they know all the coaches. You know, I know every single client walking in that door on a first name basis and I'll always have a conversation with them. Um, so being small was good to start and that obviously it keeps some certain costs down, but it provides that kind of boutique and, and that, you know, small, intimate environment for our clients then as well to feel really comfortable. Yeah. So let's talk bigger picture with that number. You know, you, you started, you know, you, you left your, or left the employee job, we'll just say for, you know, lack of mm -hmm. words, but, and you know, now you're here, what is your, you know, your, your big target goal? Like this 120 to 130, like, you know, like, is that something that's sustainable for X amount of time? Like, are you wanting to grow that? Like, what's the overall big picture goal? You know, like, you know, next, like, you know, one to three years and then even, you know, maybe like long-term plan, like five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm lucky and not so lucky in knowing this, but I know the time we have in this space here is limited because they're, they're going to be knocking the building in probably five to seven years. Um, so I've already been in discussions with our, uh, with our landlord, um, about the, the space, another space that they're building down the road about working with them on building a, a kind of customized space for us there. Um, so again, we're only in the early days of those conversations, but I would like to, to probably triple, if not quadruple our, our square footage, mm -hmm. build out our, our therapy services, uh, a little bit more, um, obviously build the, build out our, our coaching. So like, ideally we want to be getting up into a couple of hundred a week. Um, and then possibly because of the area that we're in, there actually are no public gyms in this area um, you have to go a couple of kilometers down the road and actually a lot of our walking um, you know, people who just walk off the street they're all asking oh you know can I get a membership here you know and uh, unfortunately with our business model and 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 that it, it having clients do their own thing in the space just just doesn't work but in the future I think if we were to grow to a larger space there is a niche in our area to, to build some form of a, a client membership model there as well Got it. Um, so, and then I, I don't know if you cut out, but um, with like your, your, you want to, you know, triple, if not quadruple your space, what, what, you know, package wise size, like, does that bring you to, or what would you like to get to? Like what, you know, uh, and again, if you said this, I apologize, but what number is like that, that lucky number? Where it's like, okay, this number is going to satisfy these needs. So in the space we're in right now, I think 100% capacity would be about 200 per week. Um, so moving to a larger space, you know, we're just, again, it's not, we're not going to scale um, linearly on that, but we want to be hitting probably the probably four to 500 in a larger space to stay right. profitable enough that we can continue to push the business forward in other areas. Absolutely. And then, so, you know, with those other areas, you said, you know, you want to expand on like the physio and like that kind of stuff, like what or how, how would that take place? You know, you, you know, what, what what's it going to take for you to step back or for you to develop those areas more efficiently and quicker, you know, in your time frame that you're looking for? 
Um, so part of kind of where we are in the growth of the business now is um, we've gotten busy enough that I, I need myself to begin to step back from a lot of the on the floor and extricate myself from a lot of that work. Um, the, the way I've kind of described it to some people is, you know, like you, you open your own business and you open it because you love what you do. You love the technical side of what you do and you're like, yes, I could do this for myself. But in that in itself, you take on a lot more roles. You now take on the manager role, you take on the entrepreneur role, you take on the bookkeeper, the accountant, the cleaner, the business development, the marketing, the admin, all these different roles on top of what you're already doing. And that's what I have been doing for the first two years here, but we're now getting busy enough that I need to step away from some of that to begin to push the business forward. And if I don't, we're not going to grow in at the rate that, that I would like us to grow in the next kind of three to five years. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, a lot of conversations I've had recently are, you know, people want to stay like in the intimate, like their passion, what they're doing, but you know, you have to at some point step back to a point for maybe a temporary time to where it's like, I have to focus on the growth and the vision if this is what really I want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And outside of our business, there are those the other side of things like our, our airfield firefighting stuff that again there's a massive niche in the market there for that to push that forward um and a lot of our, our lab-based assessments like VO2 max testing and, and stuff um needs a, another push but in the first few years my my real aim and goal was to know what we do well and be the best at it before i really put time and effort into building those other sides of the business and as I said, now I think we're at that point that we can begin to do that, but I need to step back. Just a little bit, not too much. Yes. Again, keep working with uh, some of the, the keen and, and interesting clients. Yeah. And would you say, you know, with your current staff and, you know, people that are under you and things like that, what do you feel like you have the right people in place where you can, or is that still like something where you're trying to find like that one one partner or head coach or general manager, whatever the title might be, do you feel like you have that in place or, you know, it's coming into place to be able to begin those? Um, so our, our like lead strength conditioning coach is uh, an ex colleague of mine from where we used to work before. Um, so we've worked together for about eight years, Jermaine John and Jermaine is without doubt the best strength and conditioning coach I have ever worked with in Canada, in Ireland, across the board um, he travels to Europe for two months every summer to work with international figure skaters and um, he's been a professional dancer he's worked with professional NFL uh, NHL players but also with your your back pain clients with with your elderly geriatric clients and the way he can adapt himself to to these different populations is second to none and, and Jermaine is a big selling point in, in what we do here and and how we keep our clients in the long run. Um, so without doubt, he is a massive, massive part of, of that. Um, and everything from Jermaine down is where, where we need to get the right people on the bus. Um, like at the moment, I'm doing close to 35 to 40 hours of coaching a week outside of the business stuff. And the reason that I've kind of kept that going is I have been looking for people, but I'm not willing to bring the wrong person into the space and into the environment. And I'm willing to, to take on the extra work to 
wait till we find that right person. So we're lucky enough in the last couple of months, we've made a new hire and we're currently looking for another strength and conditioning coach and another physiotherapist to come on board with us. Um, but again, it's really all about finding the right person to fit with, with our model and our philosophy. Yeah. What's, um, you know, real quick side question. What is, um, the, the, I guess like certification process or like what, when doing the interview, what people, you know, what do people have to have to, you know, be able to work at your facility, you know, even from like strength training all the way to like the physio side, like, you know, kind of what's, what's that look like? Um, so we definitely look for a minimum of a, a bachelor's degree. Um, most of us are masters or, or PhD. Um, but again, that's more for the understanding of the underlying biomechanics, physiology, pathophysiology, what's going on with our clients. On top of that, they need to have the expertise to be able to utilize the technologies that we have, such as force plates, uh, force plates gas exchange analysis, fixed frame dynamometers and be able to merge the two. So they need to have the understanding of the underlying science. They need to have the capacity to utilize the equipment and then take that data, make it informative, and then make it actionable into a program. And then obviously have the coaching and the personality skills to be able to work in a one-on-one -on -one or a group environment with, with our clients. Um, so it's kind of those would be the three kind of main things when I am chatting with people. That, uh, that I'm interested in. And I suppose a fourth is an openness to, to learn. Um, in the previous facility I was in, um, because we were a big facility and, and we we're kind of well known in, in the general area and throughout Canada, unfortunately with, with some practitioners, there was a very big ego attached to that. And you no, know, I know best, no, no. And you know, their ego is through the roof and part of what we are here and even the space I'm in right now, it's a small little office here, but we call it our innovation space because we have a couple of desks that we come in here, we bang heads, we, you know, we, we discuss things, we, we chat about things. We, we might have a, a difference of opinion on something, or we might say, come here, how, how do you think I can alter this exercise? Or, or what do you think about this person? Look, look at the data here from, from this person's dumps. What do you think about that? So they need to be able to come into our environment and, and integrate with us and leave any ego at the door. Yeah, it's spot on. It's, you know, oftentimes, you know, different places, people bring in all like the drama and, you know, like personal things. And it's like, listen, when you walk through those doors, you know, we're one team, one dream, you know, we're a family. It's like, you're on board with what we're doing. Pick up wherever your stuff left off at the door and take it with you on the way out. You know, it's like it's it's so hard because you know there are days where you have good days, you have bad days, you have personal stuff that goes on that bleeds into you know business and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's like that that fine line of like you know holding it at the door, keeping it there until you finish your shift. And you know, members are looking for their relief, their stress relief, their their feel good. And it's like we can't as trainers and coaches and owners and stuff like that, we cannot bring ourselves into this it's like there's a fine line yeah yeah and that's one thing that i always when i am in the hiring kind of process and speaking to people is you know i i sell that you know i'm here for you as the practitioner as well so you know i these are all the things i look for but i'm not expecting anybody to be the best person out there in in everything and part of my role is is working with our practitioners to, to upskill them to pass what myself and, and Jermaine have learned through our experiences 
and and pass that and and mentor and educate anybody coming into our space as well. Yeah, and that's great. Pardon me, just lost my voice there for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's kind of talk about you know the 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 sales side of things. You know, on average, you know, month over month, you know, let's say like Q three, Q four, how many leads are you getting in through your door? Um. Oh gosh. Honestly, it fluctuates. So it, I, and I, I know it's the same for every business. There's certain times of the year um, where, you know, we get a lot of leads, certain times where we don't. We get a lot. Everybody thinks January is great for gyms. Honestly, for us, it, it never has been and never is. It's usually February. People don't do it in January and they come back and they're like, right, February, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And the other one then is usually September. So, um, in terms of like the number of leads we get in the door, it's hard to put a number on it. What I could say is that from year one to year two, our growth was about 25%. Um, we're now almost three months into our third year, and our growth in these three months has been another 25% on year two. Um, and then that's obviously spread with different you know leads and, and conversions and stuff throughout the year. Yeah, and that's just in like the first three months. Yeah, yeah. So I said we we've kind of we're moving into that walk run kind of phase now. Yeah. Um so you know, Lee's would you I mean just you know, just for like a figurative number, would you say like you see, you know, 40 to 50 people, 20, 10? Um in I would say in a year, probably 30 to 40. Um, but again, even in the last three months, that's probably been 20 to 25. So we have seen a very big uptick again in the, in the last three months. Got it. So that's, yeah, that's, you're, you're basically almost like, you know, well over doubling, you know, that number in just like the first, you know, short quarter. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, with the people that come in through, you know, kind of walk me through, like, what is like a, how many of those convert into packages and they're there for, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be. Um, so in terms of conversions and non-conversions, um, something that, that I do track since we've opened, we've only had two non-conversions. Um, one of them was uh, a father who came in with a, an eight-year-old uh, son and told me that he was a, a high-level soccer player and he needed to do sports-specific training. Um, I told him, honestly, he doesn't need to be in a gym get that kid out, get him playing baseball, get him playing rugby, get him playing as many different sports as he can. And that is the best thing for him. Um, coming in here is that it's not what the father wants here, but I gave him my professional opinion on what's best for the kid. And, and we didn't convert that. Another one was uh, a lady that was maybe absolutely soaking wet a hundred pounds and wanted to lose 15 pounds. And we, we had the, the conversation with her that, look, this probably isn't in the best interest of your overall health. And we made a referral to a dietitian and back to her GP. Um, and outside of that, those were the only two that we have not converted in our two and a bit years being open. Yeah, no, that's that's great. You know, the the scientific approach and the you know the the sit down and the wants and the needs sounds like it's really, you know, it's it's getting the right people in the door as far as, you know, what what's good for them and you know I- most beneficial for them. I think a really big part of it as well is that 
in our first two years, um, like all of our, our leads came from either referrals from practitioners that we worked with in, in our, our previous life. Um, so they would have known of us from there. They would have known generally kind of like what our approach would be. So a lot of people coming in the door have nearly already bought into to what we're about. So in terms of like a sales pitch, very rarely do we need to, you know, go full salesperson. Yeah. And that, that brings me to my next point with marketing is, you know, your, your biggest source of, you know, where you're getting those leads from, you know, would it, would you say it's like the, the organic word of mouth or would it be like, you know, are you doing paid advertising? Um, so yeah, in the first two years, it was all referrals and word of mouth. Um, in early November, I, uh, I started our first, uh, social media campaign. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky enough that one of my long-term clients it ha- has his own marketing company. So he was good enough to, to help us with our website when we started. And he was good enough to work with us on a, a really, really targeted social media campaign. Um, and that, like I said, in, I was mentioning the last kind of two, three months, we've seen a really big uptick. And that uptick, a lot of it has come through our uh, our social media campaign. Uh, it kind of shows how like social media is so beneficial, at least in this time frame, because everybody's on social media. They're on exactly. Instagram, they're on internet sites, you know, things like that, where, you know, there's always stuff popping and clicking up and things like that. So um, with, with the, the, you know, the, your um, clientele's, you know, marketing agency and stuff like that is, you know, what kinds of things are they doing that are, you know, being beneficial to your gym? Um, you know, like what, what type of ads, I guess, would, is it, do you, are you guys doing like, you know, free sessions or like 30 day challenges, stuff like that? Um, so no, we, we don't offer any, um, kind of freebies or, or anything on that kind of challenge. Um, it's, it's really number one, it's knowing who your clientele are. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing the demographics of, of your clientele and and knowing what their they're kind of to a degree what their wants what their needs are um, and really using social media to to kind of target those um so you know we we deal a lot with um, um say uh, labor intensive workers who may be dealing with back pain so we'll use that as a target demographic to really target and then after that it's just really trying to highlight our what we're about. So again, in the name, um, when I was growing up in Ireland, there was a little offshoot, but this is how I came up with the name. Um, there was um, this varnishing uh, company called Ronseal, and it was sort of like varnishing um, sheds and fences in your back garden. And their motto was Ronseal. It's, uh, it does what it says on the tin. And when I was thinking up the name, I was like, this is something it needs to say in the name exactly what we do. Um, and then science athletics kind of came to me from that. So in our, in our marketing and stuff, really saying exactly what we are, we are science based in what we do in, in our application of, um, of exercise, of therapy, of rehab. And that's really what we've tried to push in our social media campaign then as well. Yeah, no, that I love the name when I read it, I was like, Ooh, science athletics. It like, it kind of has like that, that, that tongue catcher, that eye catcher, like, wait a minute that sounds really cool. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, check it out. 
Yeah. And then like we always make sure in, in our visuals and our campaigns, you know, that we show the technology that we use, you know, so obviously I mentioned that in using our assessments and stuff to, to inform what we do, but a lot of it as well can be used for biofeedback for our clients. So, you know, wh whether we're, we're doing some prep work on hip activation work, left, right sides, you know, we give them a little green bar, you got to get both of it, gamified it, it makes it interesting for them. Um, and it's a little bit different, but again, we try and show a lot of that stuff in our social media work then as well. So again, just show our, our difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the, the targeting your audience by targeting, or excuse me, putting in what it is, you know, they do like your science back, your, your analytical like you you take the time and you analyze you break it down you do all like these small minute things mm -hmm. and if you can get that into your marketing you know people are going to have better understanding of you know what it is that you're doing and you know if it's really going to be in the realm of what they want mm -hmm. um so with that marketing you know you mentioned the gym um your expansion and everything and you don't want to get that that bigger space and you said, I think it was, you know, five to seven years is that time frame where like the current building that you're in is going to probably get knocked down. Mm. Um, do you have a time, a timeline of when you would like to be in that newer building, you know, like you, they're customizing the space. Like, is there a timeline set on that just yet? Or is it still kind of like early talks? Like you mentioned. There's a, so it's still early talks. Um, like the the current buildings there are, are still standing. There's still businesses operating out of them. Um, mm -hmm. so it could be anywhere from like three to four years before they break ground, and another again two to three years before things are built. Um, so again, it is a bit down the line, and it, it's maybe a, a good um worry in in the meantime is that you know I would like for us to be at capacity in the space we're in long before we we get to that time and again that that offers another issue in that if we are at capacity and we don't have a, a bigger space at the time what next um so I, I think that's another year or two down the road worry um but it's definitely something that um that i would be cognizant of yeah no that uh that's great you kind of led me right you kind of answered my next question that i wanted to ask but you know you want to be at max before you hop into this facility so it's kind of like you're ready to to chew or bite you know more than what you you know wouldn't be able to handle if you weren't there mm. um, and so even in, even in the space we're, we're in right now you know every gym has their busy time so you have your like your 6 a.m.ers you have your lunch timers and you have that four to seven four to eight time and even right now we're nearly at capacity at, at those busy times um so like, like so many gyms you know, you can have tumbleweed blown around the place at 10 a.m. Or, or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Because, again, being creative in, in how we, we get our clientele and, and fill those times in as well. Yeah, so let, let's ask a couple more questions here. But, you know, circling around the topic of, you know, what if, you know, let's say, you know, you grow and, you know, in the next year, you know, you reach the capacity and it's like, what happens next? You know, you're still in the early talks of like the expansion of the building, you know, do you have a potential like, you know, plan in place or potential idea of what you could do? Or is it, you know, we just have to stay at capacity until this is ready? Or, you know, what, what kind of, if that scenario were to happen, what would you do? 
Um, I suppose the first thing I would do is try and be in creative in the management of our space and our time to truly maximize. So when I give a number of like uh, about kind of 200 being our maximum, that's roughly, you know, looking at, you know, maybe three practitioners with, you know, uh, possibly nine to 10 hours full per day by six days. So if we can be more creative and obviously like we can't fit a fourth in there, but again, it takes away from the boutique private side when you have another coach and another client in, in on top of the space. Um, so that would probably be the the first side and being a bit more creative in, in our opening hours in our operating space. Um, and then if that didn't work, yeah, we would have to probably look, um, at, uh, another space. Um, but again, that is, uh, that's a really good worry and I hope we have it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't get too too ahead of ourselves then either. Yeah, no, uh, but it'd be a great problem to have, right? Oh, it indeed. Mm -hmm. um, so as we uh, get close to wrapping up here, um, last couple of questions. Um, I always like to throw kind of like a spin on this one. And I know we've talked a lot about, you know, where you are and what you're doing and, you know, the what ifs and things like that. But you know, inside your business, you know, in your operations currently, if there was one thing, like, you know, like all these things are going good, but there's just like that one thing that you're like, ah, man, like this could be better, or I would like this to be better. What's kind of like that one thing that, you know, you, maybe it's like, th this is the the key that I need. Um, I think probably we, we kind of touched on it earlier, but getting the right people on the bus getting the right people in here and, and into the space and part of, of kind of where we are right now is again, I'm, I'm so busy. I, it's a double-edged sword. I'm, I'm busy, but which is good for the business, but I don't have the time to put back in the business to put time into really vetting people to, to going through interview processes and, and really getting the right people. Um, so yeah, if there was anything I could do better would be managing my time better that I can do more, more things for the business to push the business forward. And the, probably the biggest one is getting the right person in here to, to work with them. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, the, the, the right people can make all the biggest difference. You know, it's, it's, um, relieving, refreshing to know you have somebody that you can trust and that's not going to like, you know, burn bridges or go behind your back and things like that. So, um, but yeah, so Mr. Sean, with that being said, my last little nugget here is for people aspiring to start a business or, you know, maybe something similar to what happened to you with, you know, your building is going away and things like that. Like what wisdom, what peace of mind would you give them to know like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Or like, these are the things that you can do, you know, share that with the, with the community right now. Um, I would say number one is like, if, if you have a, a dream and if you have a goal, go for it. Yes. Be cognizant of where things can go wrong, but if you worry about those things and if you overanalyze those things, you're going to go nowhere. You're going to burn rubber. You're going to stay in one space. So to a degree, in a very smart and intelligent way, be reckless, but do that in a, do that in a smart way. Uh, short and concise to the point. Uh, well, Sean, 
Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And for all the listeners out there, go ahead and give all of our listeners a way to look up your gym if they're ever up towards, you know, that way um, or, you know, they're tripping it out, whatever. How can they reach you? How can they look your gym up and learn more about science athletics? Yes. So um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and um, just look up Science Athletics. Our handle is SCI, S-C-I Athletics. Uh, our website, uh, www.science-athletics.ca. Um, and if anybody ever wanted to reach out to me directly, my uh, my work email is Sean, S-E-A-N, at science-athletics.ca. Awesome, Sean. Uh, well, everybody listening, uh, if you ever want to be on our show, Go ahead and click on the link below, fill out all your information, and we'll be in touch, and we'll get you on the Gym Lords podcast. But until then, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us today, our guest on the show is Michael Brown of Fitness Workspace, coming to you from London, England. Michael, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Fine, not bad at all. How are you? <laughs> I am quite well. I'm excited to to dig into this. I'm excited to pick your brain and, and see the inner workings of fitness workspace. But for some context for the people listening here, Michael, describe this to us. When you talk about fitness workspace and people ask you what you do, how do you how do you explain it to them? Basically fitness workspace is a um a studio where we rent out space just to personal trainers with their clients. We don't let anyone come in on their own. You have to be with a personal trainer. Um, that's the main way the actual studio works. So in that way, it keeps the numbers down. We only let a certain number of trainers in at one time. And that way everyone gets to use the machines that they need to use. And, you know, there's no waiting around and people feel more comfortable when there's not that many people in the studio. They it's a nice environment to work out as well. So that's, that's yeah. our main way we work. Okay. And so for, for context, whereas many of our conversations on this show are geared towards the end user, your customer is kind of the trainer in this situation, yes. right? Yes. The trainer is our, our customer. They have their own clients that they bring to us, but we correspond with the trainer they're our main, our main source, basically. Yeah. Okay. Now we'll get into that. We'll dig into the business model here in a moment, but take us back a little bit, not necessarily to 
day one that the doors open, but take me back even beyond that to the day that you decided I'm going to open up my own fitness studio. What was going on for you and, and what inspired all of this? Uh, well, I was in a different profession at the time. I was in property basically. And then I've been going to gyms and working out at gyms and I just always found them very, very crowded. You had people who were very aggressive there as well. You know, you had kind of, and people didn't feel comfortable working out in front of, especially women in front of guys who are lifting weights and throwing weights down. And I just thought, wouldn't it be good to have a concept where you could go to a very a nice studio where you didn't have this kind of aggression or loads of people in there and it could be much more private. And, and it started from, from that really. And then I started speaking to personal trainers at the studio, at the gym I went to and they, they kind of thought the idea was good. I'd done some market research and it, it started from that really, just from going to a large commercial gym and and I wanted to find a space where you could work out more yeah. privately, but still have all the benefits of a big commercial gym. Yeah. And so more or less thinking about it from the, the customer, the client standpoint, what can I do to improve this experience taking it a little bit more private away from the quote unquote big box away from the commercialized nature of fitness to provide exactly. a, a higher caliber service. Exactly. Now the timing of this, the, yeah. the timing of this is interesting here, Michael, why don't you tell people not off the ground officially? It's, um, I had to take the lease just in March 20. That's when, because the space was really in demand. It's a very unique space. So I had to take it in March 20, which obviously corresponded with COVID. So it was a really difficult, really difficult period because obviously yeah. in the UK, we had to shut down and then we could reopen. Then we shut Three down. Three separate times, if I understand. Yeah, so it, was, it was very hard. So I put a lot of time, effort and money into it. And then we had the uncertainty of, how are you going to bring some income in? But, you know, I, we got through that period. And at that time we actually, it was, we actually started marketing during that time as well. So we were still trying to build the business. We just couldn't obviously <laughs> open the doors, but in the background, yeah, we, we were the ability. Yeah. Exactly. In the background, we were, we were, you know, building behind the scenes, constructing the foundation if you exactly there's yeah, exactly construction the foundations yes you yeah it very well. now from yeah. a, a business model standpoint we in the industry loosely refer to this as as the barbershop model the way that you actually execute it is a little bit different but what made you go the route of having this space where trainers are running their own business versus the more traditional training studio where we hire trainers and clients pay us directly. What's, what was the logic behind one versus the other? I just think in, in the area where I live in London, I, I, there wasn't anything like what I was proposing. I think I just want to try and have a, a bit of a niche in that market. And I just found that to have, like I said, going to a gym with personal trainers where there's other people there. I, I, for me, it just, I think there was a space to have that more private gym and also for personal trainers where they could expand their business. Cause a lot of them didn't want to stay with these big commercial gyms. They wanted to kind of get their business off on a, on a, on a, on a footing. So with me, it was a cheap, a cheaper entry 
to starting their own business. So it I was, see. it was, yeah. So that's how I kind of came okay. about it. Really, the logic makes sense. Now, earlier you mentioned marketing here, and and we already established that your your customer is the trainer more so than yeah. the end personal training client. So talk to me about what that marketing consisted of. Were we looking for trainers were we just simply advertising the space from a brand awareness perspective what was that what was that geared I was not solely looking for personal trainers so I um there's many websites that I want went on to that had lists of personal trainers in the area so I would call them or email them and said do you want to come to the studio for a free session um also we did a lot of stuff on social media where we targeted keywords like hashtags and, and and we got responses from that we've done google adwords so we we kind of used all them them kind of marketing tools and yeah it, it, it was a lot of numbers but you you started kind of getting through to people so it, it that, that was our main thing social media google adwords and actually there are websites with personal trainers details that you can email and, and call so we would email them first, not be too intrusive, and then say, would you like to come to the studio for a free workout, see what you think? And then they would come, bring their client, and and, and it started kind of snowballing from there, really. And um, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we've had trainers from there recommend other trainers to us. So um, it starts this snowballing. This is not tremendously different from what the the quote-unquote more traditional business would be we're we're advertising to our demographic getting them to try it yeah they use it if they enjoy it they're sharing it with their peers word of mouth style this exactly is, exactly yeah. this is somewhat in the same vein as as if yes. we went the more traditional quote-unquote as i say fitness route now for you in, in the model that you're in, we didn't talk square footage or size or anything, but do yeah. we have a number in mind of, I believe X amount of trainers is, is the cap for what we could handle? Yeah, we, we, well, the, the, the studio is 900 square foot um, and we won't let more than four trainers in at a time. Um, so that way, if you do get four trainers with their clients, you have eight people, the space is ample, you know, big enough for them to work out comfortably with each other. Um, so yeah, we won't let more than four trainers in at a time. Otherwise it just wouldn't work. You're too crowded. We, 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 you know, we want to keep it a unique studio. We don't want to, I saw some studios where they had no kind of diary or anything. They used to just throw trainers in with their clients and it was in, impossible for them to work out we we, 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 we we don't want to work like that you know we people need yeah. space to work out comfortably and so the self-imposed four trainers at a time cap yeah keeps the 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 quality of what you do by nature the reason that you mentioned that you started this in the first place was to get away from the busy crowd. Exactly. And exactly. If, we, if we find ourselves right back in that same sort of venture. Exactly. Yeah. I'd be going back on the whole theory of why I want to do it in the first place. If suddenly you start making it very crowded would be virtually going back to why, you know, going against why I started the studio in the first place. So sure. no, we, 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 we limit it to four. Understood. No okay. More. Now, from a management perspective here, talk to me about how how much or how little you give direction to these trainers. They're running their own business, but do you 
suggest price ranges? Do you suggest any other aspect of their business? How much yes. of this are you governing from the top? Well, they it is their own business, but I do suggest price ranges that personal trainers are charging in the area. But also what we do on our, we, we, we put the trainers who join the studio, we also put them on our, our website. And I've have, actually have got quite a lot of inquiries where I pass a, 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 you know, a user who wants to come and train with a PT in the area. And as long as they kind of buy sessions from me, we don't charge for that. I mean, that's, you know, we pass any inquiries on to the PTs. That's worked quite well because the PT will stay with you. They're also getting the benefit from being with you as well. And we don't, and, 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 and that's worked very well as well. We That's, that brings up a, an interesting perspective to this. Have you, from a marketing standpoint, considered marketing to the end user, assuming that then it would pull trainers in? Well, that's, well that, that's what we are doing. We often send out newsletters to all the households in the area, which is usually, I think went out to 5,000 last time, 5,000 households. Um, we're also also trying to think of new ways to, to, to market, because if we can get some more end users in and they use our trainers, it works well for the, the trainers. trainers. They're certainly going to stay if they're busy. <laughs> yeah, and, and keeps them busy. So um, yeah, we're always thinking of ways to to you know maintain the loyalty of our our PTs. Huh. Okay. And so, explain to me kind of where you see this whole thing going. Obviously, the early beginnings of this was in the the time of COVID. Fingers crossed we don't go back in that kind of a direction, but where do you see the future of this business going? Have we entertained multiple locations? Do we think that that's in the cards for us? What do you, what do you envision as big picture for this? The, the, the big pictures for, well, for this year was just to get a few more PTs on and, and then keep this gym working well and then yes that'd be the next next step up would be to go and open open up another studio um we're always looking to see if there's any sites but you know it's got to be the right the right location right transport right demographic so we're always on the lookout for other units as well but i think the main thing is to get this working as well as we can and and you can always improve you know you can always try and make things better whether that get new machinery in or you know, I always ask my PTs, what kind of machinery would you like in? And just, just to get some ideas, because if they're happy, then they're going to they're stay with you. So it's always good to get feedback from the from the PTs, which we like to do. Yeah, this is kind of the, the, the Marriott Hotel school of business, where if we take care of the, the quote unquote employee, they'll take care of the end customer. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a somewhat unique way to look at it, but as we've come to establish, not tremendously different, just a, a little bit different of a perspective yeah. here. Now, let me let me kind of wrap us up and, and start to, sure. to close this interview out. I have one final question and, and it's for you more or less in that, that pursuit of growth in the future, like we said, hopefully no more pandemics, but what do yeah. you perceive as, as other potential challenges or potential hurdles to you growing this business? Um, well, yeah, it's, uh, it could be if, if uh, maybe if a big, um, one of the big gyms decided to open 
a version of my kind of studio where it was just for personal trainers where they threw a lot of money at it. Maybe that could be something that might kind of harm the business or probably if PTs went totally online, that's another thing that could, could be a hurdle where they, they just, you know, like they didn't come to the studio. They, they worked all from home. I mean, we have seen a few PTs who do do online, but at the moment they use the studio still. So you have the best of both worlds, but that could maybe be a, a problem if, decided right we're going totally online and we don't want to rent the space anymore but i still think people do like to be trained by someone actually in the same location and, and you get much more from a gym as well oh, like yeah. you know or the, the only other thing there might be pts do train outside so that's another thing but of course in the uk a lot of the time it can be really cold or raining. So that's the slight where I don't think <laughs> Weather doesn't always off. participate. Yeah. But in the summer, maybe, you know, some people think, <laughs> right, we, the PT for save some money and we'll just train outside. So that's a slight, a slight concern. But like I said, you can't predict the weather here. So I don't know if that will really take off. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm in New York and, and we have about the same. So completely yeah, right. understood. <laughs> on that yes, Michael. Um, Michael that's a good place for us to to begin to wrap our conversation up but in the short sure. bit of time we have left why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about fitness workspace is there a website is there social media where can people learn about this yeah they we have a website um uh, fitnessworkspace.co.uk um we're also on instagram fitness underscore workspace um so yeah, I mean, we're highly placed on Google. So if anyone wants to look us up, um, you know, please do give us a, an email or a call. We'll get straight back to you. It'd be that good to hear from you. Tremendous. Michael, this has been fun, man. I, I appreciate any business owner willing to, to kind of give a look behind the curtain and explain how their business actually functions is always welcome on this show, but I appreciate you for for sharing your perspective. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you still have some ideas and some moving parts yeah. that, that'll settle here in time. So that's all the time we have today, but I wish you nothing but the best in your pursuit in the future. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.